Hi, I'm Glenn Harper, CPA and owner of Harper & Company, CPAs Plus, and partner in Sula Consulting. In each episode, my co-host, Julie Smith, Harper & Company's practice manager and partner in Sula Consulting, and I will interview a different guest about their entrepreneurial journey. The podcast features interviews with business owners, a.k.a. entrepreneurs, who bring intriguing and entertaining clarity to the entire entrepreneurial journey, giving others confidence to build their business. Our goal is to provide actionable value to you, the entrepreneur, to help you do business or build a business. Every entrepreneur deserves to enjoy the journey. Learning from others offers valuable insight and inspiration. We want to provide insight on the why, the how, the shortcuts, and the value add that many entrepreneurs wish they would have had identified at the onset of their journey. Sit back and enjoy the journey. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another edition of Empowering Entrepreneurs. I'm Glenn Harper. Julie Smith. What's up, Julie? How's it going? It's getting cold out there. It is. I did have had a real coffee this morning, so I'm not sure how this is going to go. Well, you at least got your long sleeves on. That's right. I got to cover up all my tats. Um, we've got two <laughs> special guests here today, uh, fellow entrepreneurs, Mike Flinner and Jack Tucker, and uh, we're just so happy to have you guys here. Uh, they have a couple companies because they're just serial entrepreneurs. They can't stop with just one, and that is the patented trademark of most entrepreneurs is they just keep going. Welcome, guys. What's going on? Not much. You guys must have ran out of gas. You know, you, you finally called after like a year. So well, we, we didn't appreciate want to... the opportunity. Well, it we... took a long time to get you on the schedule, in all fairness. True. We True. didn't want to rush into things. Jack was shaking. Oh, not too much, man. Just another day in the fast lane. Ain't it, though? It's uh, every day you start uh, negative and you got to build it up, right? That's right. So, uh, you know, Jack, I understand you're from California. How did you end up in uh, Columbus, Ohio? Um. You know, by the way of um, school and football brought me to Columbus, Ohio. Um, went to Ohio State, um, played for the Buckeyes from 2000 to 2002. Went back to California and figured out that I couldn't just hang out on the beach all day and I had to get a real job. So moved back to Columbus, Ohio, um, where I had a kind of built-in network um, and got married in California and uh, wife from here and gradually we, we uh, came back. Did you come back for the winters solely? I did. I did. We just couldn't stand those 75 sunny days. We get old, I would think. Mike, where'd you grow up at? I grew up in uh, Ohio's Amish country, up in Holmes County. So How'd, I, you, uh, get to, how'd you get to Columbus? Yeah, similar uh, growing up uh, lifestyle that Jack grew up in Southern California. <laughs> <laughs> now, we joke about that because you know, he grew up with surfboards and I grew up with Amish buggies. So, uh, But no, I, I moved down here about 20-some years ago. Um, early 2000s uh, for with a previous job I could kind of live wherever and I decided I don't want to live in small town USA anymore so moved down here for bigger and brighter things you're looking for that thing called electricity and things that, like that the All simple right. things yeah <laughs> important things. Telephones. Yeah. how'd you guys get hooked up together you guys running businesses on your own or how'd you guys come together and say you know what we can make something cool together you know, Michael might be the best uh, storyteller between the two of us. I uh, tend to leave out lots of details, so I'm going to defer to him as to how we came together. He always makes me tell the story. So you, need, you need a big picture guy and a details guy, so sure. I can already see this is going to work. Sure, sure, sure. Um, so I was, uh, at the time, in real estate. <clears throat> Jack was already in the, the industry. He worked for a less than uh, truckload company, and we met through friends. Um and I don't know, we kind of just hit it off, uh, see each other at parties and then our wives became friends and we were just kind of hanging out, no kids, young. And then we took this trip to Costa Rica back in 2006 and, you know, we we're reading books and, you know, 
I don't know what podcasts were out back then, but you know, what do we want to be when we grow up and had this entrepreneurial uh, spirit about us um, and slowly realizing as we were in the workforce that we didn't really want to work for anybody else anymore. We wanted to kind of forge our own path. Um, and so we kind of had this aha moment in Costa Rica, you know, what do we want to be when we grow up? So after beers in the swimming pool every day, um, overlooking the jungle uh, of Costa Rica, uh, which was awesome, uh, maybe a bit of clarity, we slowly started talking and Jack being from the West Coast, um, you know, 3PLs were, were pretty big back then in the West Coast, but there wasn't a huge presence like there is today in the Midwest. Um, you know, that's since changed, not only with ourselves, but very, you know, there's a lot both here in Ohio and Chicago and throughout the Midwest, but a lot of popped up that a lot of people even haven't heard about, including us, um, they haven't made it on the map, but there's, there's a lot of three PLs now, but back then, um, you know, we felt the need was, um, you know, it sounds kind of cliche, but a, a higher uh, level of customer service where we thought if we could meet people with technology, um, because at the time it was mostly just, uh, people, you know, just trying to survive every day on the phone, looking for trucks, looking for loads to cover. Um, so we built out some technology that we thought could um, kind of meet the, the the need in the middle where, you know, you had the people there when you needed it for the customer service and the technology for the, you know, for the customer that wanted more of the hands-off approach. So, um, so yeah, we, we kind of just put this idea together throughout the week and then on the plane ride back, you know, Jack looks at me, we both have aisle seats and he says, are you serious about this? And I said, yeah, are you? And he said, yeah. So we, uh, we came back and it was February, I believe it was blistering cold here in Columbus, Ohio. And we put a business plan together in his basement. Um, and I wish I could tell you the rest of history, but as you know, there were some bumps and bruises <laughs> along the way, the, the roller coaster. Two, two questions. Did, were you on this trip just the two of you? Or did you have families with you? We, uh, yeah, our wives are with us as okay. well. Yeah. And then uh, for our listeners out there, uh, you said a couple words like 2PL, 3PL. What, what does that mean? What is the business that you're actually in? Go ahead, Jack. Um, so there's a couple different business units now, as, as you know, Glenn, um, the third party logistics side where we become the intermediary between um, customer and, and, the, and the transportation companies. Um, and then there's also the asset based side, the trucking um, side of the business. So um, we're kind of that third party within um, the overall transaction. So you have a company of seamless logistics, I believe, where I have some product I need shipped. I would call you and you would facilitate that to happen, correct? Correct. We'd take a look at what you had, um, timeliness of, of getting it there, um, commodities, those things, and then we would we would plan accordingly and execute uh, the transportation for you. So you were working for a company that was kind of doing this. Yes. You know, but Mike, you were not. So how'd you get sucked into this black hole? That's a good question. He's very persuasive. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was always uh, kind of, you know, head on a swivel. Uh, oh, squirrel, you know, oh, something yeah. shiny over there. And I loved uh, just, you know, again, being young and not being exposed to the business world as, as much as maybe we are now. But, um, you know, what's next? Uh, what, what cool things out there I don't know about. So. So I think a, a takeaway here for our listeners who are uh, aspiring entrepreneurs is that uh, sometimes you you uh, it could be at a pool in Costa Rica, it could be at the aisle seat in a plane, it could be anywhere where the light bulb hits and you say, hey, there's an idea. Was it uh, pretty intimidating to want to go do this thing or was it you uh, did you have a bunch of capital buildup so you could not work for a while and not make any money and still support your families or was it like, ah, let's just jump into this thing? It was uh – 
it was probably young and dumb. We made a ton of mistakes, but you know, I think being a little naive at the time um, probably is is a bonus. Um, a little silver lining in there, but you know, I think you know this model we built. We didn't have to go out and ask for a huge capital raise, investors. Um, you know, it was we bootstrapped. It kept our day jobs. Um, you know, and we still, you know, we're advising a, a up and coming entrepreneur now, and we, you know, we told her we think you know you know if you can bootstrap it as long as possible, you know, from a financial standpoint, um, you know, it's harder potentially. Um, you know, there's probably some upsides and downsides with risk there, but. Um, yeah, that's how we did it. We we just bootstrapped it, quit our day jobs, and you know, those first few years were still pretty rough. How long did it take for you guys to uh, you know get a return on your investment, start being profitable, and going, oh my gosh, this thing's really going to work? Or did you know it from the beginning it was going to work? I don't know if we ever questioned if it would work. It was it was more when um, you know the the will it fly you know goes through your head at night, sleepless nights, but. Um, you know, I, I guess we, you, we could say we were profitable pretty much from the beginning because it was just Jack and I. Um, but to the point where we could hire and scale, it took us about five years. Um, you know, and, and then we did, you know, of course, become bankable and investors were attracted. And um, so once we got, you know, through that first five or six years, um, you know, then we be, became, a, you know, able to scale and you know, Jack was wearing, you know, 22 hats. I was wearing 22 hats and, you know, we could finally take a deep breath and see our families at night and early in the morning and, and, and not be, you know, working crazy hours. We were able to, to scale it and hire people. Now I want to go back to Costa Rica cause you were there with your wives to be able to get their buy-in for you guys to jump off this cliff. What did that look like? It didn't take a whole lot of convincing. Um, because I think back to Michael's point, it was, we were bootstrapping it. So we were meeting, early in the morning, working our day jobs, reconvening in the evenings, working till 10 o'clock and going back home. So we we're trying to mitigate as much risk as we could. Um, and, you know, that's pre-kids. So, you know, that's, there's no, it's not a, a huge lift for, you know, my wife to be at home by herself. You know, there's no kids in the equation. So it didn't take a whole lot of convincing. Um, you know, my wife's always been super supportive of going after it. Um, and we we've never really we've never really had that conversation in the process. We just have always found that that's always such a you either have it or you don't. And you know, once you have it, it's like you're unstoppable. Yeah, because you're you're kind of free from that, right? Right. And so I think that has a lot to do with you know we were very young um, when we started. I think I was 27. Um, so you know, that's that's young for an entrepreneur. Um, I'm sure there's younger ones out there, but as you get older, it, it becomes a bit more difficult once you're, you know, you've got good income, you've got a steady job, you've got kids at home. Um, there's additional risk there um, that Michael and I did not have. How long did it take for you guys to quit your, quote, real jobs and then say, okay, we're all in, we're just doing the seamless? How long did that take? <laughs> <laughs> I still remember like it was yesterday. It's kind of because we always laugh about it. We haven't talked about this in a while, but you know, we quote unquote launched in 2006. You know, got back from Costa Rica and got this uh, office in the basement uh, in Grandview that was about 300 square feet, um, and it was so cool. You know, we'd be working our day jobs. We were both outside, so we could pop in and send a fax. You know, faxes were still a thing back then, and 
um, <laughs> uh, you know, or do something we needed to. Or in the afternoons, we would just meet there, you know, which was it was just such a cool feeling. But so that was 2006, and then <laughs> in 2008, um, I left first. So about two years, uh, right about the same time, my wife and I found out she was pregnant with her first. Timing. So it's yeah, everything. yeah, yeah. Gloves are off. Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> if you're not in, you are now. That's it. Um, so and then Jack followed. Uh, that was pretty much beginning mm-hmm. of the year 2008, and Jack followed suit. What that March? Yeah, yeah. So a couple months later. Amateur Jack. He's letting see what's going to happen. I'm kidding, of course. No, <laughs> you know it's the funny thing. Um, it's really it's hard to uh, be an entrepreneur until you're all in and you can't go back. And so when you close that one door, it's, it's all open. You got to make it happen because yeah. now it's there. It's you got consequences. Sure. Did that motivate you more or was it like, ah, I got this. No big deal. I, th- I think, you know, once you're in it and it's, it's kind of, I think that's why people who sign up for, it, you know, are in it because it, it's kind of, a weird thing to say, but it's fun, right? Like you're going through that grind and it's hard. Um, you know, I have a tremendous amount of respect for people going, you know, solo on it because, you know, having a partner, um, to weather those storms with you, um, you know, but since we started, like we talk about that a lot, right? Like, especially with social media, everyone thinks being an entrepreneur is so sexy and it's cool and you're in your own company and you're jet setting around and doing all these cool things. And, you know, nobody, Talks. You mean it's not? It's not? No? It, it is. <laughs> but we'll get in conversations. Um, you know, we had a conversation. We, we meet with, you know, with Nick like a couple of times a year with this, our buddy that's an entrepreneur here in Columbus. And he, you know, we always talk about like, it's not what people think it is, right? It's, it, it is, uh, you know, if you're in it, but nobody knows behind the scenes and the trenches and, you know, you're on an island um, essentially by yourself or with a partner. You know, it's funny, um, that attitude, you know, the attitude of gratitude or just the unwavering belief in yourself and your building, your idea, you just can't be stopped. So, you know, when you get those things lined up, don't keep trying to make it perfect. You got to eventually jump, but you, when you believe in yourself, it, nobody can stop you. And then when you have a, a partner that's willing to have that same passion and commitment, I think that's kind of the secret for all our listeners out there. Just, you know, you got to believe in yourself, and if you do, and you have that positive av- attitude, I, I don't know how you can fail. We don't we don't use that word though. We That's can't. I can't say that word. We never fail. We have pivots, setbacks, recalibrations. You know, attack in a different direction, of course. But I mean, that's what it's all about. I I would agree. You guys mentioned something about scaling and building a team. And I know when you started, you know, it's just the two of you and you bounce ideas off each other. But what is it meant to both of you about building a team, and what has that brought to you? Um, I, building a team, um, has taken quite some time that doesn't happen overnight, um, as an entrepreneur, because I think in order to build, um, a team, there has to be great culture around the business. Um, and until you get to that point, you can't build a good team as entrepreneurs, you, you jump into the game and your head's down and you don't have the time that is needed to do a lot of that culture work, to do a lot of that deep dive, to do a lot of that discovery. Michael and I have been very fortunate over the past five years to do a lot of that work. Um, And doing a lot of that work has resulted in building, we have a great team. 
um, people understand who we are. Um, they understand our mission. They understand our culture pillars. They understand what's acceptable and what's not acceptable within um, the company. And once you get there, things start to figure themselves out. And we always say, you know, I love this um, quote, is that once you've built a great, you know, culture, they say that, you know, um, strategy eats culture for breakfast, right? And that meaning that we can go out and bring a big deal back into the office. Other way around, culture eats strategy. Culture eats strategy, I'm sorry. (laughs) So So, hungry. Yeah, so make sure we edit that part. So the, the idea is that culture eats strategy, right? And that our team, our, our our outside sales folks or myself or Michael can go out and bring a huge opportunity to the table that maybe we've never seen before. And our group is thirsty for that opportunity to to dive into it, to dissect it, and how are we going to make it better? How are we, we going to build process? How are we going to make things efficient for this to work within the workplace? So a lot that takes a lot of time. Um, and I think once you get there, you can start to create some good layers within the business um, that's been something that we've done over the past two or three years that has allowed Michael and I um, to kind of steer the ship and to be forward thinking and say, what's next? Um, how can we get better in these facets of the business? What's what's out there two or three years now in the industry and how are we going to attack it? Yeah, it's uh, you know probably the natural progression of an entrepreneur is you start out with an idea, you're going to do business, you're going to do that thing. And then eventually... You're like, I can't do this thing all the time. I'm going to get burned out. I don't have enough time. I don't have resources. I'm stretched too thin. And then we have this little phrase we use to get out of your own way. And then you decide, wait a minute, I'm not going to do business. I'm going to build a business. And that light switch comes on. When did that light switch come on where you wanted to identify those core values, the vision, and start building a team? How long was that in your journey when you first started off? You know, I think that Michael and I were really lucky and fortunate to be surrounded with some really good people very early on. Um, and I'll never forget this conversation we had with um, a couple entrepreneurs that um, brought one of the biggest ice cream franchises to Columbus um, and grew that business. Um, I'll never forget, we were, it was after a round of golf. We're sitting there um, having a beer, and we were just – Michael and I couldn't get enough, right? It was always asking questions, picking the brain. And it told a story of they had their first grand opening of the first ice cream store. And, you know, the anticipation of the ice cream store opening was huge. A line out the door and here two entrepreneurs can't wait to open it. And um, one of the entrepreneurs brought his dad in town to watch. And from the, day, the time they opened to the time they closed, steady line through the entire store. They get everything cleaned up and they sit down and they're just like, that was amazing. And uh, one of the entrepreneurs looked at his dad and said, dad, what do you think? And um, he said, son, he goes, if you continue to scoop the ice cream, you'll never have a real business. And it was like little nuggets like that along the way you knew that, you know, there was more to it eventually, but hearing it from people that had been super successful, that there was going to come a point in time where you couldn't do everything and that you had to provide, you know, people with 
great autonomy and empower them to make decisions um, and things like that. So I think that early on we were, you know, and that's one story amongst a hundred, right? And, um, you know, I think that Michael and I always gravitated to people that were much smarter than us, um, that were um, much older than us, um, because I think the the more opportunity you have to make mistakes, the smarter you're going to become. Um, and typically people that are older than me have made more mistakes than me. So, um, you know, we've been fortunate from that standpoint. Do you feel like, um, did you have a specific mentor that said that you're like, wow, that person really guided me through this? Or was it a group of people? Again, it's very, you know, the information out there today is way different than the information was out there when you guys started. I mean, we're talking back in the Stone Age. There was not a lot of you know, readily available entrepreneur empowering them and, and giving you shortcuts, you had to literally talk to people, right? You couldn't just go read articles and such and watch watch podcasts. So was there, you know, the the takeaway for this for our listeners is don't be afraid to go ask for help. Don't be afraid to ask questions of people because most entrepreneurs, believe it or not, really do want to help each other, right? It's a, sure. it's a big, let's pick them up and help them versus, oh, there's not enough you know, business out here for everybody. Was there a specific one or was it a group of, or how did that work out for you guys? And do you still keep in contact with them today? Yeah. Mm. I think for me, probably both of us, because um, I know the, the gentleman that Jack's referring to. Um, yeah, I think just you're, you're open to meeting, you know, or getting to know. And, and I think you're in the back of your mind before you, really had those conversations with those people you're like man i wonder what makes them tick i wonder how they got to where they're at right and you in to your point we don't have what we have today right like i you know can scroll through social media be it linkedin or instagram twitter facebook and you know see all these um you know all these posts of of you know messages to up-and-coming entrepreneurs I'm like man i wish i would have what was that, that yeah right the inspiration for um I, to answer your question, Julie, I, I don't, uh, you know, we see these folks from time to time, um, but I think, you know, they're kind of maybe put in your life at the time when you're looking for that inspiration. Again, back then before we had to have more human connection. Um, so yeah, it was probably more, it was probably tougher back then um, to, to, to find those sources of inspiration and knowledge of how they did it. Cause there's no, and you can read as many books as you want, but, uh, and, you know, I guess to that point is, is, you know, those handful of people, everyone's story is different, right? Um, how they made it to the top or how they're still searching for the top. So uh, I think I think that was, you know, my biggest takeaway is this is not a one-size-fits-all model. This is going to be different. Did you guys, uh, when you were kids, did you have those entrepreneurial tendencies where you're like hustling on the streets all the time and selling stuff and doing things? Or did this just all of a sudden, wow, I think we can do this. And did it hit you then? You know, everybody has a different take on when they got the bug. When did that happen for you guys? I think I always had a hard time um, having somebody tell me what I need to do. <laughs> I don't see that, Jack, at all. <laughs> I don't get it. And, and I'm, I'm from the mindset of tell me, tell me I can't and I will. And I think that's always been my mentality. I think I've always been very curious, um, an innovator. Um, if I see opportunity, I'm going to try to pounce on it. Um, so that was kind of my mindset. Um, I was heavily into sports. I didn't have a whole lot of time. 
Um, but I think once I got out of college and into the real, real world and had my first corporate America job, I knew very quickly that this is not where I was going to be able to survive and thrive. What is this eight to five thing in TPS reports? I'm not doing that. <laughs> How about you, Mikey? Uh, what was the question again? <laughs> uh, when did you have the entrepreneurial bug? Did you always have that as a kid or did you just convert to that? When was your aha moment? Is that this is crazy? Yeah, you know, my wife and I talked about this maybe a year or two ago, and I really never stopped and thought about it. I don't think, um, you know, I, I think there's both options or, or, or aspects to look at, right? I think there are maybe natural-born entrepreneurs, but I think there's more times than not those that aren't born with it. I don't know that I was. Um, you know, I was doing the same thing as every other kid, probably trying to make a buck, you know, selling stuff, mowing lawns, you know, lemonade stands, stuff like that. But I do remember being a kid, and, and I guess I overlooked this. Maybe there's some sort of psychological uh, uh, thing there, but uh, we had this like spare, small spare like bedroom, this toy room, whatever. And I would set up like a card table, and, and, and it was like my office, you know. And I and I would just sit there. I was like, oh, this is what you do, I guess, right? I'm the boss. Yeah, I'm the boss. I just sit there. Yeah. <laughs> so I think that's like, and I kind of completely, you know, forgot about that until recently. But uh, it was kind of a weird uh, thing to remember, I guess. Like like. I don't know. It was interesting. And um, yeah, I guess that's the, pretty much the only thing I Was can. it a clean desk or was it chaos? Oh, it was so organized. Yeah. Because I yeah, didn't, you know, I, I just sat there and started to make sure. Yeah. We have a secondary podcast on deep thinking and psychological issues. So we'll uh, get to that one <laughs> at another day. Uh, like a couch, I can put my feet <laughs> that's up. Little, well, we got to be comfortable. That's I could the be there rule. for hours. <laughs> <laughs> Do you guys have a, uh, you know, all entrepreneurs have a thing like they're just good at like there's uh whether it's details or communication or they look good whatever that thing is do you get what is your each of your superpowers it's like man this is just the thing i got and i roll with that every day and i'm curious if jack thinks mike's the same thing that mike thinks jack says yes that's a good <laughs> good good point julie we step in a soundproof booth <laughs> that's right like la 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 cover your ears go ahead jack you first what's your superpower I think um, running a business, um, especially in the logistics and transportation world, things come at you 800 different ways. Um, and not one day is the same. And I think I have this, um, this kind of calming kind of aura. Um, I always try to be very even-keeled whether I'm super excited, whether I'm super pissed, um, whether there's a good situation or a bad situation. And I think that the folks, when you're leading, um, they find like comfort in that and, and confidence in that, depending on what the situation is. Um, and always going back to, we can do this together. And I think that, um, you know, I, I think that setting the tone like that um, encourages people to maybe dive into situations a little bit differently than maybe they had done before or prior to coming um, to Seamless. So I think that that's one of my superpowers um, is just, you know, this business throws the lots at you, um, good, bad. And I think attacking it with the same demeanor um, is, is super important, um, especially um, when you have a team that um, you're leading. So if I can summarize that, just tremendous amount of data processing capability that you have to make lots of decisions, 
but basically staying even keeled. So everybody, no matter what, you're like, I got it. Team, yeah. we got this. And I, I, Michael could attest to this, but he, I've probably only got, gotten wound up maybe a couple times. Oh, do tell. Um, <laughs> that's for the other podcast. You know, the podcast. And, get the couch out. And if you and if you looked at the wound up, it's it's very mild. So, um, you know, I think that's that that would be one of one of the good characteristics that I have as a as an entrepreneur and a business leader. What's your release when you uh, got it all built up? How would you go do you you lift weights? You play the piano? You jog? I, Yoda? I work, work out every day. All right. And just for an hour. And, um, you know, believe it or not, I actually get a lot done work-wise um, while I'm working out. Um, I think I have lots of friends that um, uh, think I don't want to welcome them to a workout, but that's kind of my time. That's my time to release, to think, to maybe send some emails, to follow up. And, and that's a good, like, hour of exercise and getting some work things done. Probably one of the few times uh, as a guy you can multitask, believe it or not. Most most guys can do one thing at a time, but it looks like you can do two things there, which is impressive. Yeah. Yeah. Mike, what, uh, what's your superpower? Um, you are wearing your cape today, so I'm just cape. making sure. Yeah. 24-7. <laughs> yeah. um, you know, I think, you know, that probably brings like the, the yin to the yang, right? Like what Jack enjoys doing and his superpower and mine are, are opposites, which is probably been healthy and, and helped us scale over the years. Um, you know, the details guy, things that he'll be talking about something and I'll be like, man, that bores the, that bores me, you know? <laughs> um, and, and vice versa. But I think, you know, um, if I had to pick one, it's more of bringing in, you know, the empathy, uh, part of it, not only with our customers, but with, uh, the team, um, as Jack mentioned, you know, five, six, seven years ago, we started looking into culture building and, um, I just, I really enjoyed it, you know, bringing in, um, you know, outside resources to kind of wake us up of who we are and, and what we want to do, um, as we grow, you know, the X's and O's are over here, but I enjoy, you know, the part of like, you know, we're, we're human beings. Right. And, and I think it's always been a goal for us to, you know, have our team walk through the, the door and, and be human beings, not, you know, hu- human doers. Um, and so, you know, we, we kind of, have taken that model and even if we've grown and a lot of the the day-to-day stuff is completely different than we created right because we had we brought smarter people in to, to figure systems out there's still the core there that that we started um and you know with our customers and the customer's not always right right that's not true mm-hmm. however um i feel like if you can if you can reach out to them with empathy and 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 you know have people on staff that are in it for the right reasons and not treating the customer as another transaction um, but as a human and, and, you know, reaching out to build the relationship and saying, Hey, maybe this is, didn't go right. Or maybe this went great, but let's, you know, uh, meet in the middle. Um, so I think that's kind of where, you know, what I bring to the table of just saying, Hey, let's take a time out and, and bring the human element into this. Um, you know, I, I recently in the past couple of years, just passed the torch on, uh, for HR duties. Uh, but I think both of us, you know, I heard, uh, Gary uh, V say this one time is, He's still the head of HR, right? He's running a multi, you know, million, Doesn't matter. three, four, five hundred million dollar company, and but he's like, I'm still head of HR. I always will be, right? Uh, until you uh, forget, you know, the people that are that are around, that you know, both behind the scenes, in front of, you know, and, and the customer base. So Jack's the stone cold killer, and you're gonna 
rub the shoulders and make sure everything's going to be okay. I like it. Well, I was going to laugh because we always say, like, there's good cop, bad cop. Yeah. And for whatever reason, someone falls into that naturally, and the other one just happens to be that other yin to your yang, right? Yeah. But I think the cool part is probably like most entrepreneurs that have multiple partners or or people at the top is that you guys are fiercely united in your front Mm -hmm. to your people. Like, Mm -hmm. they know who to talk to about what is situation, but they're going to get the same message just in a different way, right? I mean- Mm -hmm. There's, there's failure's not an option. Don't be whining and complaining to me, but they'll get a different reaction from each of you. But the message is the same. I mean, that, right. that's the key thing, right? Right. If you could, uh, you know, go back in time and go, man, as you pause and reflect, most entrepreneurs don't have time to do this because they're so busy fighting the battle every day. But if you could, if you're sitting here today going, man, if I could just, if I just knew this back in 2008 or knew that back in 2008 or nine, whatever, that would have been really cool to know to implement back then. What it's not like a, a regret. It's just like wow, if I'd have known that. What what is one of those things that you're like, man, if we could have just did that back then? Do you have anything like that? Mm. Everything's gonna be okay. <laughs> you know, just it, it's, up. it sounds yeah. so simple, right? But like, I feel like at least me, like I, yeah, I used to stress over it, right because I think you you have in your your mind the way this is gonna go, right? And and you can write a business plan and. Um, you know, it's the same thing like with accounting and finance, right? You can have a budget, but thing, you know, life happens, business happens. But um, I think feel like back then it, it's it'd be easier said to tell a 2006 version of myself everything's going to be fine. But um, you know, it's it's you know here's A and here's Z, right? And it's just a roller coaster to get there. Um, so I think that would be my biggest thing to to go back and try and tell myself is it's not going to go the way you plan. However, it is going to be cool, and, and you know that. You know, the old saying, it is the journey and, you know, can I sound kind of corny and cliche, but when you're in it, I mean, it's, it's, it's phenomenal. It's intense. And some people don't want to get to the finish line, right? They enjoy the journey too much. I'm going to interrupt with something. So you yeah. said it, it's about the roller coaster between A and Z and we mm-hmm. talked, we've talked about this on other podcasts too. So do you two believe, and we'll get to your, your Jack, but did you learn more in the peaks or the valleys or where did you feel like you guys just really united, you know, as mm-hmm. you went through the roller coaster and. You know, what, what do you think about those peaks and valleys and what did that really bring to you and your business? That's a great question. I think, you know, I've told Jack, I, I feel like being on this journey of an entrepreneur is you're on an island, right? And there's just different seasons, different phases of being on that island, right? So I think when you're at the, the you're starting off in the valley, especially you know, when we did and all of our friends, right, we're all removed from college of, you know, four or five years and they're all financial advisors or, you know, lawyers or outside salespeople, medical, and they're all doing great. And we're just like, man, this thing going to fly. Right. So you're, you're during that learning experience of not comparing yourself to others and you're at the valley of it. And then you get to the peak of it of season and you're like, well, this is great. But then you must have that, like, well, nobody else knows what we did to get here. This is, kind of, you feel kind of guilty, but yet I can share it with Jack, but yet nobody else really knows. And, and then you get back to a valley, then back to a peak. And then we talk about this a lot where you get to 12, 15, 16, 18 years. And you're like, meet somebody and they're like, oh, well, you guys, you own your own business. You must, you know, and that's just nonchalant. Like it's no big deal. Right. Um, so I guess it, to answer your question, Joe, I think it's, <laughs> hope this is an easy way out, but a very good combination of, of both, right. Kind of like life. Like you can't just be on a high all the time. You can't be on depression low all the time, but if you can kind of, and I think that's what Jack's really good at, right. He said earlier about bringing his emotional intelligence out of a hole where the highs don't get too high. The lows don't get too lows. Good answer. 
<laughs> Talk to me, Jack. What do you think? You know, I think that, um, you know, the the grind is where and you find a lot of it builds a lot of character. And I think it reinforces why you become an entrepreneur um, because you got to get through that. Right. Um, and I think that Michael and I have a tremendous amount of grit. And it's through that as as business partners that you become stronger and better. And through those experiences, um, you know, you share conversations that you didn't anticipate having. Um, and I think that, um, like Michael said, you know, if, if somebody had to say it's just going to be okay, I think very early on and midway through our, our, our journey here, we had some tremendous success. And just the, the, the DNA of Michael and I, we didn't stop a whole lot to just, even if it was a day or an hour, to recognize it, to enjoy it. And I think today we're, we're getting there um, just because of the, the great culture and the, and the great layers that we have, that we have an opportunity um, to do that. Um, so for me, that's, that would be it. I think that, you know, the grind, um, the valley is where I, I tend to, um, kind of thrive. Um, because when you're, when you're here, you know, it's in just who I am. It's where are we going next? Um, I don't want to stay up here too long and look around. I want to go for, for that next thing. So a thing that is important. I think most entrepreneurs probably have to experience this. There's there's the the solo guns, and they build a team around themselves. And then there's other times where there's they actually have a partner. And you know, in this line of work, I get to see a lot of people be partners, and I get to see a lot of people then not be partners. What do you think is the key to the success of your guys? Is you know not only partnership but friendship. How do you balance that? And and what is the key thing? I mean, I'm sure it's communication of some sort, but what is the key thing? that makes it where you guys, you guys just, you got no issues. You guys just lockstep because it's very rare, right? People do can do it, but it's hard. And then people have a different vision. They split off. You guys have been like, since I've known you, have been a mighty long time. You guys are like, like side by side. What, what is the key to that, that our listeners would like to hear that, that I can maybe help identify or solve a problem that they might be having with a current partner? I think the communication part is, is huge. Um, Michael and I sit down weekly. I mean, it could be for hours and we're talking not only about work, but we're talking about kids. We're talking about life. Um, talking about where we want to go next. What's it, what's our current state? Um, what's, you know, where are we talking about next year? Um, but I think we were pretty fortunate early on that we just kind of started to evolve into our own roles. And I think trust is a huge thing. And I, I feel like Michael always trusted that I was making the right decisions from a sales and operations standpoint. And I always trusted that Michael was making the best decisions for the company from a finance standpoint. And there was never a, a pointing of the finger when something went wrong, right? It was like, this is just an opportunity to learn, right? We're not going to beat each other up over it. So I think that sort of mentality, um, you know, has resulted in, in a great partnership. Um, I also think that, you know, I, I know Michael in business, but I also know Michael outside of business. I know his family, I know his kids, I know his wife, right. We're able to share those conversations. Um, I also think that we do a really good job of separating work and 
life and you know we'll be outside of of work and it's very easy to just get you know completely entrenched in work and want to talk about work and when we're out we don't even talk about work right we're just enjoying time together so there's a, a great dynamic of of business partnership and friendship between the two of us yeah i think uh jack nailed it uh but it's balance right it's it's uh you know if, if you're not i should say everyone's different everyone's story is different but for us if if we didn't have uh probably that personal connection friendship um, you know, outside of work, um, you know, if someone's having a bad day, I'm having a bad day, Jack's having a bad day. And, you know, maybe, you know, um, you know, something's going with their, you know, with their kids at school or whatever. Um, you know, you just, you know, life is, 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 is a bigger piece of the pie here than, you know, this thing we call business and entrepreneurship. So I think it's getting to know, um, them as a person first and foremost, more than a business partner. Uh, but then, you know, like Jack said, there is that balance, right? We could be hanging out, golfing, doing whatever. Um, we don't say, you know, a couple words, uh, more than a couple words about about work. So I think it's that balance of of, uh, of of bringing in, you know, okay, we just talked about, you know, this next phase for 30 hours last week. Like, let's go golf and not talk about it. You know, let's talk about football. Let's talk about kids, like whatever. Um but yeah, just that, that understanding. And I think there's a lot of it too that it's hard to describe, right? Because you are in the trenches for so long. And I used to joke, it's really not the the, the, the truth anymore, but man, for probably over a decade, we would see each other more than we saw our spouses, you know? So there has to be some sort of respect there, boundaries um, of, you know, you're, you're in it for the long haul uh, with, with this other person. So, um, and you just kind of get thrown into this, marriage, I guess, kind of that, you know, it's either going to thrive or it's not. It's the weirdest thing. The, uh, the partnership relationship is at a whole different level than a spousal relationship. It's neither, it's neither, it's just different. And it is all encompassing because the partnership, it's, it's business too. Like there's got to be a mutual respect there because this affects people's lives. It's just not two of you like with a spouse it's it's a little bit not better nor worse it's just way different but it, you guys have definitely been an inspiration for me because i can i take a lot of things from you guys that i've known you for a long time of how you guys roll and, and it's a good thing to kind of share with other people not the intimate details but just the attitude of how you can make this thing work as a partner you just got to have that unwavering trust dedication the same page uh, got each other's back um, and just know that you can count on that person so much and be able to communicate. And it's just, it's wonderful watching it happen. I mean, I'm sitting here on the sidelines and I'm just always, I'm always a Twitter cause it's so much fun. Um, do you, uh, you know, when you're in business and you're in the trenches and you're working, like I said, it's hard to come up for air every once in a while and just see, well, how am I doing with everybody else? What's the, what's the rest of the world doing? You're always so busy doing your tasks. I would imagine, Earlier in your careers, it was hard to get out of those trenches, and, and now you're probably getting out a little bit, but you still feel a little bit weird uh, getting out because you feel like you're losing control if you don't stay in a little bit. But the the, the trick question we have is, is uh, what's the end game? Like, are we going to build this thing and sell it? We're going to uh, just stay and stop being an entrepreneur? Are we going to get real jobs? Are we going to retire? Um, what What is the end game of being an entrepreneur? Trick question. 
Oh, Glenn. I knew you'd love it. Um, you know, there's, again, there's no one size fits all. I don't think there's, you know, you could have, as you probably have, you know, a hundred people sit in these chairs and answer it differently. Um, you know, I think for us back when we started and, and, you know, looking at, um, you know, the whole venture capital game, we had some friends in that business. We're like, we're going to you know, grow this thing and sell it. You know, we're going to be the next Zuckerberg. Right. Um, but I think for us now it's, it's, uh, when you get a little bit seasoned, you're like that, that's cool. But like, what's, what's in the next, like we stopped looking out five, 10 years. Cause you don't know, right. Again, life gets away, business gets away and for the good. Right. Like, you know, we just recently, you know, acquired a fleet of trucks. Like if you'd have told us that two years ago, like that was our, that was our strong motto for years. Like we're not asset based. We're not going to take that on. We're not going to take that risk on. And, you know, lies trucks just sitting empty, you know, now it did go down a different path, which is why we chose to get in that game. But, um, so I think we're just open-minded to the journey, man. I don't think, uh, you know, if you told us, you know, a year from now, it would look way different. It does now. We wouldn't be surprised if you told us it's exactly what we planned. Um, so not trying to get out of the without answering the question, but you know, we can't do this forever, nor do we want to do it forever. I think, you know, entrepreneurs, like that's our heads on a swivel. You know, we have a dozen ideas that we haven't launched or maybe never will. Um, but I think, you know, that's, that's what kind of gets at least me up in the morning now is like, what's next. Um, you know, Jack's more the, the details and ops guy, but we have such a fantastic team now that run the day to day of, of, you know, the companies that, um, you know, once they're, you know, you, you never want to, take a, a step fully away from it, you know, but there's that mm-hmm. trust. Like you, you, you bring on, you know, those people, that team to run the day to day and they do it better than, than I did. You know, they do it probably, you know, better than we did, um, that you can pivot into what's next. Um, so I think that's our biggest thing is, is not how can we walk away and, you know, go crazy, but what can we get into next? And some stuff's not even in our industry now, right? We're just kind of looking into, uh, you know, what can we, can we go and disrupt and, and build the next rocket? Yeah. I think you could talk about all of, all of the things above, right. You could talk about, um, you know, bringing on capital and scaling faster. You could talk about an exit. You could talk about diversifying the, the service portfolio. Um, you could talk about, Hey, I'm, I'm, I want to get out. I want to, I want to retire. I'm going to take a, a corporate job and, um, have all the security in the world. Um, but for me, I've kind of given, and we've talked, we've had hundreds of conversations around all of the above, right? Michael and I have. Um, but I've kind of like taken a step back and just given myself the grace to say, hey, you're having a tremendous amount of fun right now. You've got great momentum. You got a great team. Let's just continue to go. And we don't need to figure out what three years looks like what five years looks like let's just continue to be us um and good things will happen i think you know to michael's point we want to continue to get our hands dirty in other things um we have lots of those things on the shelf um and we're now have the time and the energy and and the, and the financial resources to to pursue some of those things so for me there's at this point I don't have an end game. Um, and um, I know that's not the answer no, that you're is, looking for. You, you answered it like A++++, plus 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 plus, both plus of plus you. Plus, but I, yeah. yeah the, the, the reality is the entrepreneur 
that we see, and I'm trying to build this hypothesis and this scientific law and a theorem or whatever the things you do and, and to prove something, but the common theme seems to be that as an entrepreneur, you grind it out, you figure it out, and by the time you get it figured out, the light bulb comes on and now you just want to do it again. Mm-hmm. Do it again, daddy, do it again. And then it becomes, it's not really, the money always comes, but it's never really about the money at that point. It's about how do you empower others and help others and create more opportunities and then see a need in society or whatever that you can uh, put that mentorship into play. And it just keeps going. I've, it's very rare to see an entrepreneur just go, up. Oh, I'm stopping, I'm out. Uh, those are usually mo- mostly owner operators, not owner investors, because where you guys are at, it just seems like, the, again, shiny squirrel, squirrel, squirrel. Every day it seems like an entrepreneur has 12,000 ideas, mm-hmm. and it, that's never going to stop. And so I think once you're sucked into this little uh, pit of entrepreneurism, you can never get out of it, which is the cool that, – that's that's the trick question. Like I don't think there is an end game. It yeah. It's fun. And mm-hmm. entrepreneurs, when you're out there grinding away – Literally just stop every once in a while, look around, smile, take a deep breath and go, this is what you're, this is what it's all about. Mm -hmm. And then hire people smarter than you and, and make that process work and try to build your business. And I think you're going to have a lot more fun than just making donuts every day. Mm -hmm. Um, well, if, uh, that's uh, works for us. I think that's probably where we want to go with this. Do you guys want to give any plugs out to any of your businesses out there for people who want to listen to or anything? They, there might be a person out there who might need what you guys have to offer. No, what I would say is that if anybody's looking for a great uh, partner uh, from a CPA standpoint, uh, Glenn and Julie are fantastic. Um, they've truly been great partners, and I, I truly mean that, Glenn. I, I know you're looking for me to maybe advertise our services and what we yes. do. But I think it, it it's one of those things is, as an entrepreneur, that's one part of your business that you should have buttoned up. Um, and Glenn, you constantly ask us the tough questions, and I appreciate that. You're welcome. It's been a pleasure, fellas. Well, thanks for coming in. I'm Glenn Harper. Julie Smith. We'll see you guys next time. At Harper & Company CPA Plus, we just don't care about the numbers. We care about helping you tap into the greatness of your entrepreneurial journey. You deserve a partner who has helped hundreds of businesses go from paying the bills to building the business and lifestyle of their dreams. Go to our website and download our free guide entitled Entrepreneurial Success Formula, How to Avoid Managing Your Business from Your Bank Account. The link is in this episode's show notes.